0: first Samuel chapter one. There's two books of Samuel there's first and second and then after that we'll have the first and second books of kings and then after that we'll have first and second books of chronicles and all six of these books are the histories of the kings of Israel. There will be some repeat information, but the neat thing is that when you read stuff again, in chronicles versus kings or kings versus samuel you get extra details that weren't in the other telling which is good but it starts out with the prophet samuel and how he became a prophet over israel now israel has always had lots of prophets but there's a few of them that are mentioned in the bible because those were true prophets you can be a prophet without being true In other words, some people who may be called to be a prophet or who may have a gift of prophecy Instead, they just speak from their own heart and mind, instead of speaking the words of God. And for instance, in the book of Jeremiah, there were lots of prophets who did not speak the word of God, they just spoke what they were thinking. And that's the problem that we see with prophets today. I can't think of any prophet who is famous across the world today, who actually speaks the word of God. It's really obvious that the things that prophets say today are anti-scriptural. In Jeremiah's time, there were a lot of prophets like that, but Samuel is one of the true prophets, like Moses, like Elijah, who really did speak the words of God. We'll start out learning about his life, and that will lead into the history of the kings of Israel. Verse 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathim, Zophim, of the hill country of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zeph, an Ephraimite. Elkanah is from the tribe of Ephraim. Verse 2 And he had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. 3 And this man went up out of his city from year to year to worship and to sacrifice unto the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. The tabernacle is still in the city of Shiloh, and that is considered the capital of Israel at this time. Later when David becomes king, the capital will get changed to Jerusalem. It was God's law that all the men have to appear before the Lord, meaning at the tabernacle, three times a year. It doesn't say if he goes all three times, but he goes at least once a year to appear before the Lord. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phineas, were their priests unto the Lord. Eleazar, the last high priest that we read about, who was the son of Aaron, Eleazar is long dead because. Hundreds of years have passed now, going through the Judges of Israel, and now all the Judges of Israel have also died, and now there is a new High Priest named Eli, and he has these two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. For and it came to pass upon a day when Elkanah sacrificed, that he gave to Peniah his wife, and to all her sons and her daughters portions. So he gives a gift to each of them from the sacrifice. This is probably a fellowship offering, because the fellowship offerings, after the priest gets his portion, then you eat it with your family, since his wife, Penina, has a lot of children, then she and all of her kids get part of that meal. 5. But unto Hannah he gave a double portion, for he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb just like Jacob's wives Rachel and Leah, Rachel was the wife that Jacob really loved, but she didn't have any children for a long time when Leah was having kids. And here again is the same situation. The wife who is more loved doesn't have any kids, but God has blessed the other wife with children. 6. And her rival vexed her sore to make her fret, because the Lord had shut up her womb. That means the other wife, Penina, was making fun of Hannah. And tormenting her. And this is probably because Penina knows that Hannah is the favorite wife. So she's trying to hold it over her that she hasn't had kids. Seven. And as he did so year by year, then he went up to the house of the Lord. So she vexed her. Therefore she wept and would not eat. Penina is harassing Hannah it's made Hannah so upset that she won't even eat the food that her husband gave her. 8. And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am not I better to thee than ten sons? This means that he must be very rich and must really dress her well and spend a lot of money on her and let her have a really good life. Because the whole point of having a son is that your son provides for your needs. And if he's saying that he's better than ten, sons, that means that her needs are provided for in abundance. 9. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon his seat by the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. 10. And she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed unto the Lord, and wept sore. She is like, grieving very deeply. 11 And she vowed a vow, and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid, and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. This is the prayer of a Nazarite. She is taking a vow, and she's saying that instead of her becoming a Nazarite, she is going to make her son a Nazarite for life. Not for a certain point of time. She's going to give her son back to the Lord as a lifelong Nazirite. Samson was also a lifelong Nazirite. The laws about Nazarites required you to not eat anything unclean, not drink wine, and not cut your hair for as long as you're a Nazirite. Like when Paul took a Nazarite vow in the New Testament, he only did it for a certain period of time. But in the case of Saul and Samson, they were Nazarites for their entire life. But Samson broke every single rule, whereas the child of Hannah is going to keep all of those rules. He isn't going to break any of them. Throughout Samuel's entire life, he will never drink wine, never cut his hair, never eat anything unclean. She's saying she's going to let her son be a Nazarite if God gives her a son. 12. And it came to pass as she prayed long before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. 13. Now Hannah, she spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice could not be heard. Therefore Eli thought she had been drunken. It's kind of like she was doing silent prayer where no one can hear you praying and you're just praying in your heart. But her lips were moving, but she wasn't letting any... Sound come out through her vocal cords. So Eli thought she was drunk. 14 And Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. He's telling her to stop drinking. 15 And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I poured out my soul before the Lord. Now it's interesting that. She's actually telling the Lord that her child is going to be a Nazarite who will never drink wine. And at the same time, Eli is accusing her of being drunk. So it's kind of a funny irony. 16. Count not thy handmaid for a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and my vexation have I spoken hereto. Meaning, she's pleading with God because she's so upset. 17. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Eli is actually prophesying, saying, God will answer your request. He believes her that she's not drunk and that she's really sad. And so Eli is blessing her and prophesying that God will answer her prayer, even though he doesn't know what it is. 18 And she said, Let thy servant find favor in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. Anna believed the prophecy that Eli spoke. So she wasn't sad anymore, because she believed with all her heart that the Lord was going to give her a son. She didn't wait until she had a son to believe and be happy. She believed at the point that the prophecy was spoken, so she has great faith. Because of that, she can be happy before her child is born. That's why we don't have to worry and have anxiety and fear, because we can pray to the Lord and know for absolute fact that he will protect us. 19 And they rose up in the early morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned, that's Hannah and her husband and their family, and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her, that means that he slept with her. 20 And it came to pass when the time was come about that Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, because I have asked him of the Lord. Samuel is kind of like a gift that you have asked of the Lord. 21 And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. 22 But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband. The next year they are going up, but Samuel is probably just a few months old. But Hannah said unto her husband, Until the child be weaned, when I will bring him. That he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. Hannah says, When I bring Samuel to the Lord, I'll never be able to bring him home again. He's going to stay there forever. So I'm going to keep him until next year or the year that he's weaned, and then he'll go up and he'll never return. 23 And Elkanah her husband said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him, only the Lord establish his word. So the woman tarried and gave her son suck until she weaned him. Giving him suck means that she let him breastfeed. She probably kept him home for two years, I'm assuming. And Elkanah says yeah, you can do that as long as you keep your word to the Lord. 24 And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her with three bullocks. Those are three male cows, and one ephah of meal, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. The bottle of wine is going to be a drink offering, and the ephah of grain or meal that's going to be for a meal offering. It's probably flour or barley. 25 And when the bullock was slain, the child was brought to Eli. 26. And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here, praying unto the Lord. 27. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath granted me my petition which I asked of him. She's reminding Eli that she's the woman who he thought was drunk, but then he prophesied and told her that she would get the answer to her prayer, and she's telling him, This was my prayer for this son. 28, Therefore I also have lent him to the Lord, as long as he liveth he is lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Eli, the high priest, worshiped the Lord because he was receiving Samuel as a lifelong Nazarite and servant in the temple. This is a really monumental and beautiful day. The Lord has blessed Hannah, and Hannah has blessed the Lord right back. And that concludes 1 Samuel chapter 1.